Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to an episode of the Sacred Garden Podcast. If you are new to this space, I welcome you here with prosperity and love. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have already been here before and you are an active listener, thank you for joining us again. I hope you are all well rested and nourished. Today, I am so excited about the topic that we're going to talk about because it is something that I am actively and constantly working on in my life. And that is the aspect and the importance of self-love and really being your own best friend. I think we see this, these, this term self-love thrown around a lot in society. Love yourself, treat yourself, do what's best for you. And I agree, love yourself, definitely. Treat yourself to all the nourishment you deserve and always do what's right for you. But I think we sometimes don't always see the deeper layers to that. What does that actually look like on the most profound level? So today we're going to understand what self-love is from a spiritual perspective. We're going to really unpack why it matters in our life. Why do we love ourselves? Why is it important to be our biggest supporter and our biggest support system? How does it function and how can we embody it in our everyday lives and allow it to help us to create a better experience as we evolve through our life? So my understanding of self-love is that it is this essence of respecting yourself as a beautiful creation of love that has manifested into a physical state. On a soul level, you are a complete being of light. That is who you are. And that has now taken a physical form to experience life here on this beautiful planet and in the many realms that we exist within. Self-love is about knowing that you are worthy. You are worthy of abundance, of fulfilling experiences, of love in all its forms, of divine nourishment, and that you are always attempting, trying, and harnessing the power of engaging with practices that make you feel content. When you are at peace with who you are, you allow yourself to learn and evolve through life because you stop holding yourself to a high regard of what other people believe you should be. And rather, you begin to settle into this inner knowing that you are exactly who you need to be. You begin to honour all spaces of healing and growth within you, even those messy and sort of unfiltered ones. You recognise that they are all parts of the beauty that is you. This is something for me that I think like anyone who knows me well knows that I can be such a perfectionist and it really anchors into my own anxiety that I've had since I was younger in needing to control and being in control of my environment. And so that fear and that frustration began to manifest as me always wanting to have everything completely perfect. And I began to put that on myself in the way that I look and the way that I dress and the way that I speak. And I currently and constantly am trying to unravel that and take back that power and say, no, it doesn't matter if I look different to someone. It doesn't matter if I speak different to someone. That is me expressing myself in my own unique, authentic way. And that is what is beautiful about me, that I can stand here and be my complete self 
and know that no one else can be like me. In my own essence, I am my biggest hype man, hype woman, hype person. I know my truth. And in the moments where I falter and I forget my truth, I have myself and I have people around me, people who are always supporting me to help me remember just how truly beautiful and empowering I am. Now, why does self-love matter? Why is it so important for us in our lives? I believe that self-love is a really important function of ensuring that you are nourished and protected as you journey through your life. When you hold yourself in a high regard and you know what is right for you and what is not right for you, you can really navigate through life with so much more ease because you are not engaging in situations that lower your vibration. You're saying, no, thank you. That is not going to fulfill me. That is not going to allow me to be my best self. That is not going to allow me to feel grounded and connected to who I am. I'm going to pass that on because maybe that is going to be what is right for someone else. And so I would rather connect with what I truly, truly, truly deserve. It's like if you go to dinner, for example, and say there's 10 different plates on the table and you choose the one that looks the best because you're like, oh yeah, this is going to taste amazing. Even though I don't like chicken, I'm going to eat it. And then you eat it and you're like, why did I get that? This is not what I wanted in my life. Because over here, there was something completely different and new and interesting that your senses had picked up on. And you were like, I want to try that. But you went for the safe option. And I can understand that. You know, sometimes in life, we just want to feel comfortable. But I think it is so important to give ourselves this opportunity to experience life in a different way. And this is where self-love really allows you to harness into what energies, people, situations, food and experiences really resonate fully with who you are and the ones that don't. We can talk about this on an intuitive level and I am definitely in the future going to do an episode on intuition because I believe through my own self-healing journey, harnessing into my intuition has allowed me to discover the parts of myself that maybe I needed to shine a light on that were holding me back from truly accepting and appreciating who I am. When you know who you are, when you listen to your intuition, when you are engaged with truly loving who you are, you create just such a strong network of self-assurance within you that helps you feel empowered and enables you to really make the most of your life in whatever form that makes sense to you. And that's something that's so important because you've got to realize you're not for everyone. We are the universe experiencing itself. And there are so many different variations out there in the world. I know in society sometimes we want to feel connected and we want to feel like people because there are certain things that are accepted and there are certain things that are not. And that's natural in different societies to gravitate towards certain things. But I think if we are engaging in any ways of being and thinking that take us away from who we truly know we are, then those ways of being and thinking are not for us. If we live in a society where 
people think pink is not a color that anybody should be wearing, but we really resonate with pink, then we can't fully express ourselves. And sometimes you've got to go against that and say, you know what? I want to be who I want to be. I want to express myself the way I want to express myself. I love myself for who I am. And so I'm going to wear what I want and do what I want because it makes me feel good in who I am. I know that's not always easy. I can understand that. And I know like, for example, when I moved to London, the way I dressed changed so much. I used to, my friends laugh at me so much because I used to have this black windbreaker. And one of my friends asked me once if I was a vampire, because when I lived in Australia, it was like 40 degree heat, 40 degrees Celsius, which I think in, if, if you use Fahrenheit is over a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. And I was wearing this, I had walked into work with this long black windbreaker and I was visibly sweating. I have no idea why, but for some reason, I thought in that moment, that would be the right decision for me, even though I wasn't comfortable with it. I of course had problems with my body at that time. And so for me, Black was a color I connected with because I felt it hid a lot of the parts of myself that I didn't feel comfortable with. As I evolved and I stepped and started to move around a lot more and engage with different kinds of people and societies, I began to see how beautiful color can be and the different ways that I can dress to accentuate my body and to feel comfortable in my body and that I didn't have to hide anymore. And that, I think coming to London for me really helped me to do that because I started to see people wearing things that I would never think to wear, different color combinations and different kinds of footwear and the most vibrant colors and nobody was batting an eye. And for once in my life, I didn't feel like the people outside of me were judging me. And I had to address my own issues with my own internalized self-judgment because all of a sudden nobody cared about what I was thinking or how my body looked. They all just wanted to be free and vibrant in themselves. I think one of the biggest things about being really powerful in your self-healing journey and embodying self-love is the way in which it allows you to create strong boundaries around yourself. A practical sort of application of self-love is in telling people what you want, what you will accept and what you will not tolerate. And I think it that's something like I have realized, especially in the past year, has allowed me to take back a lot of my own emotional intelligence and the power of my mental space. Because I was so full of other people's projections for so long. I was allowing their beliefs to really cloud my judgment and block me from experiencing myself and living a good life. And as I've unpacked that and cleared that out, I've taken time to start to fill it with narratives, understandings and beliefs that really empower me and don't hold me back from taking risks and hold me in my messiness so that I can move beyond and know that I can evolve through anything that blocks me from being who I want to be. I can't remember where, and I'm sure I've probably heard this many times before from different people, but 
I remember someone saying to me that the way you treat yourself teaches others how to treat you. The way you respect yourself teaches others how to respect you. The way you honor yourself teaches others how to honor you. And I think that's such a powerful seg- sentiment, sorry, and maybe segment of your life of understanding that you are the mirror for the energy that comes into your life. In essence, when you truly honor who you are, you create this powerful auric frequency around yourself, this vibration that only those who are of the same like-minded energy or same energetic vibration can be drawn towards. And those who are not of the highest vibration that might be drawn towards your high vibration, you know enough to know that I can see the red flags in you and I can see you are a great person and I'm sure that you have some amazing qualities and potential, but I can see where you are in your life. We cannot evolve and grow together. I cannot give you what you need and you cannot give me what we what we need together and what I need. And so I'm going to do for myself and for you the task of saying, maybe not right now. Maybe this is not a time for us to be in each other's lives. This is why I believe that coming back into to your true essence and being able to stand in your power is so important because it really saves you from creating drama in your life. Nobody wants to have drama. We want to have fulfilling experiences and we want our expectations to be met and we want to feel nourished but we've got to realize that we are the ones to set that standard and when we can set that standard we create such a beautiful system of protection and love around and within us that almost begins to function by itself think about the power of energy when someone walks into a room and they have this commanding presence They hold themselves in a high regard. And you can see it's not egotistical. It is just that this person is confident. They're sure in themselves. It shows in their body language and maybe the way that they dress and maybe in the way that they speak. Or you might have people who are really infectious and just are bubbling over with positive energy. And you can see that it flows so freely. They're not forcing it. It's just them. It's existing as it is. And they're almost proud and happy and excited to share it with you. These are the people that we truly are. There is variations in what this looks like, but energy doesn't lie. You can feel it. Without even someone speaking, in many ways, you can feel whether they are vibrationally a match for you. You can also feel for to what level of confidence they have in themselves. And it can be so empowering and inspiring when you meet people like that because they show you the person that you are becoming. They teach you about where you can be better. And remember also, in engaging with people like that, you teach yourself. You teach them. We are always learning from each other. We are always growing and evolving together. And we want to meet and engage with people who serve our highest truth, 
and who help us on our journey in this life so that we can truly live and love from a place of serenity. So let's just take a moment now to look at how self-love can function in your everyday life. How can you embody it and what does it look like? So I'm going to share with you some practices that have helped me to increase my self-love in my own self-healing journey. The first one is positive affirmation. I have been working over the past six months to a year on really changing the way that I speak to myself. It's so crazy. Like sometimes I just really listen to my inner critic and my inner fears and traumas. And I hear the the sort of lower vibration things to, that I say to myself. And I was just thinking, I'm like, I would never in my life say some of the things to someone else that I say to myself. I would never put someone else down like that. I would never make them feel like they weren't worthy of love or acceptance or constantly pick on the way that they look in the way that I have and internalized in myself. And I had a lot of anger towards myself for a long time because I'm, I was like, why are you doing this to me? We deserve to be happy. Why are you pulling me down? I think a part of that as well was recognizing that those messy fragments, those shadow elements, we like to call them, are just a part of me as the positive light and easily flowing aspects of my expression. And nobody gets left behind. So I really believe in the power of positive affirmation in taking your belief system, in reprogramming your subconscious in taking control of your mental landscape and of changing that vibration so that it helps you to frame yourself in a more positive light. So positive affirmations can be standing in front of a mirror in the morning and saying, I am abundant. I am worthy of love. I am full of gratitude. I am my highest and most powerful ally. When you constantly reinforce these things to yourself, they become coded into your mind, your body, and your spirit. And all of a sudden, they become a part of your conscious and subconscious so that you are no longer operating on this level of ego, of, of constantly seeking, let's say, validation or constantly playing out old narratives or getting stuck in old memories, you are moving past that. You are transmuting them from maybe a limiting belief and turning them from knowledge into wisdom. You are embodying them so you can say, okay, I've been through that. That experience has happened. I've experienced it. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to say, thank you for that. Thank you for allowing me to experience that so I could evolve. And I'm going to take it and say, now I know better. Now I know what I want. Now I know where people and I will, where I will not allow people to step over my boundaries. Now I know who I want in my life. Now I know what is right for me. So I really believe in the power of positive affirmation. It can feel a bit weird initially because it's like you just sound like you're standing there hyping yourself up and <laughs> it's kind of strange. But I think the more you lean into it and in just reminding yourself how magical you are, how powerful you are, 
it slowly but surely becomes something you embody. You think about anything you learn to do in your life, there are levels to it becoming a part of your natural state. Initially, it might start off as an action, something you have to think about doing. Then before long, it becomes a habit. It's something you habitually do. Maybe every day at 10 a.m. you do your yoga. Then it becomes a behavior. It's just a part of the natural flow of your day. Then it becomes who you are. You, you flow freely and seamlessly through that action. So I very much encourage you to look into the ways in which you can embody positive affirmation in your life. There are different resources I know on YouTube of where you can actually listen to to positive affirmation and it helps you to recode your subconscious mind to adopt new belief systems. So I encourage you to look into um, those sorts of resources because that is something that's really easy for you to do in like a day-to-day sort of situation. Maybe when you're vacuum no not when you're vacuuming it'll be a bit too loud (laughs) Uh, maybe when you're cooking or you're going for a walk you start to listen to these sorts of uplifting words and very soon they will start to become a a part of the way that you think about yourself self-love can also be really seen in your day-to-day life in the way you consume Uh, maybe we look at consumption as eating foods Maybe we look at it as what we watch on TV. Maybe we look at it as the energy that we allow to enter into our auric field. If we're looking at food, this is one that I love because I I love to eat good food. I used to struggle with an eating disorder and it is something that has taken me a long time for me to really reclaim my relationship with food back. But now that I'm really in a better space of nourishing my body, I feel so much more empowered and I feel so much more nourished because I'm not eating unconsciously anymore. I'm eating in a way where I feel really good. I don't eat too much. I don't eat too much of the things that aren't high vibrational for my body. I have a sense of balance. And so I don't limit and restrict myself anymore in a way that is telling me I don't deserve that or that I have to look a certain way. It's just completely changed the relationship I have with myself because now I'm saying to myself, yeah, you can have pizza and you can enjoy pizza, but we need to understand that pizza is not something that you can eat every meal every day because your body also needs different nutrients that are of a different vibration that are required for it to function properly. And so coming into that idea of balance and of eating nourishing foods for me has really changed the way that I respond to myself. I no longer feel guilty or ashamed for eating a croissant or for eating a salad because I know that's what I need and that's what I want. And I'm allowed to eat foods that really make me feel good but also make my body really feel good as well. Another aspect of self-love and increasing self-love is going solo. This one's so scary. (laughs) I think about it now and I'm like, okay, it's not so bad doing things by myself, doing things I've always wanted to do. It's easy. I'll just go out there. But initially when I started doing this, I moved to London by myself. 
And I was so excited when I did it. It hadn't been the first time I had moved overseas. So I was like, oh, I'll figure it out. I had a job where I knew that I would meet friends. So I wasn't really worried about that. And I just knew this is a city where there's so many different kinds of people from around the world. And so I wouldn't be alone in that, but I would be alone in my own way. (laughs) I think doing things you want to do for you is really important because it reminds you that at the end of the day, this experience is your own. You can experience things with other people, but when you do it for them, you are never really fulfilling yourself. I was talking to my friend about this not too long ago. Uh, He went to Sweden and I think it was one of the first times he had traveled by himself and it was just a short trip. And he said, it was just such a different experience because normally when he would travel, he would travel in a group. And when you travel in a group, it's like you have to think about what everyone else wants to do. Maybe you don't get to do the things that you want to do. You might have a set itinerary. And so it's a lot more structured. But when you travel by yourself, the freedom is yours completely. And maybe there were things that you didn't think you wanted to do that in that spur of the moment when you're in that country or that place that interests you, you can do it with ease. Of course, you might travel with people who are like-minded and and want to do the things that you want to do as well. But I think sometimes not having people around you opens you up a little bit because now all of a sudden you don't have that safety net of comfort. If you want to feel connected to people, you have to step out of that comfort and go and introduce yourself talk to people that maybe you normally wouldn't talk to, but who knows what you're going to learn, right? Who knows what connections you're going to make? You never know who knows who and what they can introduce you to. You might meet the love of your life. (laughs) You might meet someone who has a really great business opportunity for you, or you might meet someone who gives you just a little bit of profound wisdom that changes the way you do things back home, wherever you're from. You just never know what you're going to experience, but you've got to feel ready to really take those risks. And going at it alone doesn't just mean doing big things. It can be small things as well. Maybe you take yourself out for a meal and you decide you're not going to connect with your phone in that hour to two hours. You're just going to sit and enjoy your food. It's really taking back that power to know that At the end of the day, you create the life that you want and you create it in relation to your connections with other people, but it is not framed by them. I also love to connect with my own self-love. I'm going to look for another word to say self-love because I feel like it's getting repetitive. Self-improvement, maybe. Self-assurance. I connect with self-assurance through movement, dancing, yoga, painting, anything where I feel like I'm engaged in a creative flow. I think what that does is it reminds me of who I am and the fact that outside of everything I believe, everything society has told me to believe, I'm a free-flowing spirit. And in many ways, I think creativity is beautiful because It has a form, but it has no form. It allows you to flow so seamlessly and freely that sometimes you forget your form in a way. You think about when you're dancing, 
you have your eyes closed, your music on, you're just moving. You're not worried about what else is going on, especially if your door's closed, you're in your room. I love doing this. It's one of my favorite things to do. Just dance and feel the vibe of the music. I feel so free. Not only is it really great exercise, but I just feel free in that I have that ability to connect with my body and I can feel more into it so I know that I'm giving it what it wants and what it needs. And on a soul level, I'm allowing my soul to express itself completely. (laughs) I get my words mixed up sometimes, sorry. And finally, uh, a really great practice of taking self-love and this taking self-love in a way that is more empowering for you in your life. And this is something that I think links back into going solo is taking taking risks. So taking risks can be something as big as changing your career or as, I don't want to say the word minute, but maybe as comfortable as wearing a color you haven't worn before. And I think what it allows you to do is move out of this stagnant position of framing yourself in one specific way that is relational to your environment and to your belief systems. And rather, it creates a bit of a chaos in your thinking that empowers you to constantly recreate yourself in that your divine energy is always flowing and in that you are giving yourself the power to be who you truly want to be in different societies, in different cultural settings, at different ages, and that you can change. You don't have to have certain goals by the time you're 30, 40, 50, 60. You don't have to work your butt off when you're 30 and then wait until you retire at 60 before you can relax. Maybe that's not empowering for you. That is not you showing yourself the respect you deserve. That is not you respecting your constitution and what you want out of your life. I think what self-love in practice comes back to is respecting your needs and respecting that you're so, so different to anyone else. And that's such a beautiful thing. If we look at self-love and and what it looks like as an embodied practice beyond just our action but when we are living through it in our essence we realize that self-love helps us to ensure that all our experiences that we encounter in our lives are ones that are raising our vibration and that any lower vibrational experiences people places foods things are not things that we will interact with Protecting your peace is so important. Sometimes it's better to step away and realize that at the end of the day, you are saving yourself from unnecessary heart heartache, heartbreak, blockages, and limiting situations that you really don't need in your life. My dad always says to me, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't nourish other people if you are not nourished yourself. And I think I'm starting to really understand that in that when my cup is full and I am full of divine energy and happiness and abundance and positivity, my cup will overflow and people will drink from the the excess 
beautiful energy that is flowing through, around, and within my life. You think about when you have too much food, for example. Normally, you'd be like, you want to share it with people. You've got your friends around you, you go, hey, I'm not going to eat this pizza. Do you want to have it? And that's such an amazing thing, I think, that we can do that, that we can fill other people's pockets, other people's abundance with our abundance as well, and know that we are also going to be taken care of, and we are also going to be able to be fulfilled. I have conceptualized this a lot in my life. I was, I've always been a really sensitive person, sensitive to energies and emotions. If you know what being an empath is about, you will understand that one of the biggest things is about having boundaries. Empaths are people who naturally want to give, but one of our biggest problems is that we drain ourselves. And so when you step back into your self-love and self-healing journey, you recognize that that is counterproductive to your own soul growth. And so you need to recognize that your cup needs to be full and you can help people to fill their own cup just as much. Embodied self-love looks like knowing that you can always trust yourself and your intuition, your inner knowing, to be nourished, to be in situations that nourish your soul, to have strong boundaries in saying no without feeling the need to explain yourself. Other people aren't always going to understand you and that's okay, but there are people that will, people that will respect your authentic self. You will lack no one else and that is a beautiful thing. When you embody self-love, you step forward into new experiences with excitement for a chance to explore a new facet of your life, with complete trust in your ability to succeed and to know that you are always divinely supported in everything that you do. I'm going to leave you with this last little bit before we part ways. And it is that in holding yourself in high regard, in never allowing others to dim your light, you are constantly embodying the fact that you are a creator of your own paradise within. Thank you for taking a moment to connect with the Sacred Garden. I hope this place has provided you with all the divine nourishment that you currently need. I look forward to meeting you here next time. Many blessings and infinite love.